Welcome to Gain That Tune. It is Game That Tune back in the house once again. It's ya boy John Harrington here. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. We got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And we've got David Fleming. Say hey. Hey. Hell yeah, guys. Welcome back. We're here. Game That Tune, episode 187. That's right, 187 on this motherfucking pod. And yeah. if you are just joining us here on Game That Tune, what we are going to do here, we are going to listen to some video game music. We've each brought three songs from a game. We're going to try and guess each other's games with the songs, with a little bit of trivia. We're going to goof off. We're going to have a lot of fun. And the winner at the end of the night picks the theme for the next episode. And our winner last week, uh, surprisingly, still, uh, still checking the records on that one, uh, you know, running that tape back and to the left, uh, you know, it was John Regan with the win last week, and Johnny, we really, uh, I'm just going to put out there, you, you missed the theme of games uh, involving me, Gangsta 187 you missed that theme, the easy alley-oop of murder games, um, so tell us what the theme is for this week's episode. Uh, so the theme for this week's episode is uh, games featuring well-known compose well-known composers. Um, basically, I want you to play some music, and I want us all to be like, wait a second, I know this guy, I know who did this, who did this, oh shit. And just to really kind of get in each other's heads with it a little bit, and uh, yeah, and I, I want to make it kind of like where you get the composer, you get that narrowed down, and then you gotta figure out the game, it's, it's gonna be tricky, but you know. So yeah, it has to be yeah. composers that you've heard of, uh, fairly well-known composers. <laughs> Yeah, see, you, you're really going kind of hard on the well-known composer part of it, which is unfortunate because, uh, you know, as people that make a video game music podcast and people that listen to a video game music podcast may know, some of these uh, composers aren't necessarily famous composers, but they have a distinct sound about them. Last week, you tried to, mm. you know, kind of justify it by saying a unique sound, a distinct sound. You hear it yes. and you know it's this guy. So I'm just I'm saying that just to preface it because it's like you know nobody is gonna just be like oh yeah that's you know I don't know X you know a uh, blank you know Nintendo composer like you'll know it by sound though you may not know it by name that's that's kind of where my never head, heard of that guy my head was yeah you know X blank Nintendo composer <laughs> man he's the most popular fucking video game music yeah. composer in Japan I love uh, that guy <laughs> yeah he's got a distinct sound. Um, but yeah, uh, so some some distinct sounds, some uh, some unique styles, some famous composers on this week's game that tune, a great theme, um, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. So yeah, we got uh, four great games, we got a great fan request, and Johnny, uh, you know, we got great music. So let's start it up. Game one.
All right, guys. So, only the first three characters included in this game are ever referenced by name. All of the additional characters are never described by name. Alright, gentlemen, anyone have guesses slash answers? Guesses? Definitely. <clears throat> answers? Nope. Oh. I don't know, Jesse looks kind of confident. Let's see. So, um... Jesse says Halo 4, sadly incorrect. <laughs> um, John says Dragon Quest 9, sadly incorrect. John Regan says Pirates of the Caribbean, which might be the closest. Uh, so this is Skylanders Spyro's Adventure. I don't recall seeing Spyro appear in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but I stopped watching after the first one, so maybe he appeared in one of those sequels. I don't know. Oh, the those sequels that, are dog shit. Of course Spyro was in them. <laughs> the reason that John might be closest is uh, this game had two main composers. One is Lorne Belf, who has composed multiple games as well as films. The other is Hans Zimmer. Oh, really? Well, this, that music contained How none of... How many games has he scored? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so well... Johnny's thing was famous composers... Did and I say game composers, or did I just say composers? I really I don't want to have to run the tape back on that. 
I just said big name composers, you guys. David fits the theme. <laughs> and also, to be fair, apparently Hans Zimmer has composed a couple games. Uh, he's done a couple of the Call of Duty games. I believe he did, like, Crisis 2. And, yeah, for some reason, Activision tapped Hans Zimmer to do Skylanders, which huh. I thought was really weird. But then I listened to the music. It's like, no, this is kind of sweeping orchestral adventure. Yeah, okay. I could... This definitely sounds like a light Hans Zimmer score. Indeed. I didn't um, realize that Skylanders had games besides just... Sky I thought it was just one game. Is this oh, a no, series? This, yes, there's like oh my God, five or the, six of these. Been, Johnny? How, how many Skylanders games are there? And how many are... You know, yes, like, Skylanders how, like, series. No, John, you don't play Toys to Life games. David, talk to us about the immense Skylanders series. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like... There was a period where Toys to Life and Skylanders in particular were just fucking huge. And then it all went away. Um, mm -hmm. I have I have played Skylanders. I'm not sure which one. Uh, my nephews were super into this. Uh, when I was visiting, like, I definitely played this with them. Um, it's a pretty fun game. It's, I mean, it's like a basic like action platformer beat em up type game like you level up your character you can choose multiple characters um of all of the toys to life game because like at the time there were skylanders there was disney infinity nintendo had amiibo i know there was like a marvel one at some point too um that had its own separate thing skylanders definitely felt like the most and i'm trying to think i had a phrase this sketchy because, <laughs> well, because like when you when you get like a Link amiibo, you can unlock things in multiple games. Like when mm. you get Disney Infinity, like oh, here's your playset. You can complete this with these two characters, but you can buy more. Like right. there are certain parts of the level in Skylanders that you can't get to unless you buy another character, and like oh. that's kind of fucked up. I can't believe that, man. Coming from a beloved publisher like Activision, I mean, tr you know, truly, I, I know, I, I, right? I cannot believe that they would make the most cash grabby toys to life game possible. Like, no, sir, I refuse to believe it. And it's weird because, like, you can you can upgrade your character and you can get like different armor and hats and that kind of thing um you can also unlock upgrades for characters that you don't have so if you do that it just plays you like a trailer for that character to kind of like say hey here's something you can get if you spend 12.99 to buy this character like yeah mm. huh mm -mm. see and that's that's the thing i always worried was in play with all these toys to life games one i was never going to play them but two if I got into them and discovered some shit like that, I would be furious forever attempting to get into them. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, some of the stuff in Disney Infinity looked kind of fun, like, you know, character mingling and stuff like that. But if there were, like, sections that, you know, prevent you from completing the game because you didn't have, like, the right Star Wars character in your fucking, you know, like, Marvel section or something, I'd be fucking furious. So, uh... Well, and that's the thing yeah, that I liked about Disney only Infinity a is... Thing. It's like, that's what I liked about Disney Infinity, is, like, if you wanted to play as a certain character, you just bought that character. It didn't lock you out of stuff. Whereas Skylander is like, I remember playing with my nephews and, like, getting to some gate. It's like, oh, what's behind there? I wonder if there's some stuff there. It's like, oh, no, that's an ice gate. We, we don't have any ice characters. 
Oh. Well, yeah. Huh. It's like they See, might I got have frustrated. They, sh they should have just put like frustrated. a price tag on the gate. Seriously, yeah. Like, just do a microtransaction to open the gate so they don't have to actually go to the store. But yeah, see, I got frustrated by that kind of shit. Like, oh, I don't have an ice character. I got frustrated by that in fucking, like, Lego Marvel games, and those aren't tied to toys. It's like, oh, you can't do anything uh, to that because you have to have a character with claws. I'm like, well, I'm playing a level as Iron Man right now. I'm not going to remember to come back with a character with claws. Like, what the fuck, man? Just, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> Don't design it this way. <laughs> oh, well, to get to that, you have to use claws to climb up this wall. Like, I'm Iron Man. I can just fly up there, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I pretty can't? Sure, pretty sure a repulsor blast would open that door just fine. You know, whatever. <laughs> but, I wonder uh, if um, they'll ever start making these kinds of games, but they just sell them with, like, a credit card reader that you plug into your console. You know? Yeah. That, uh, like, save a few steps. That does the seem pad like the natural supposed progression. To put the, you put the toy on, it brings the toy into the game. Instead, it's just like a touch to pay, like Apple Pay pad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I have no, a question. No, you don't get toys. Trust me, just pay for it. Buy it. I got a question. These are called Toys to Life games, but, like, so do the toys actually come to life in front of you? Like, does the... Does the <laughs> it's... It's just like Small Soldiers. Okay, yeah, John. literally. Yes, yeah. Tom Jones. No, I, I John didn't watch Small Soldiers. It's actually, see, you know, every it's, it's I, like that movie, The uh, Indian like, in the Cupboard. Okay, uh, so excuse me. Oh, that movie's right. I, I did see Small Soldiers. <laughs> Phil Hartman's last film. I did see this movie. Okay, yeah, I know, in man. In theaters, but... no less. And you're crying the whole time. <laughs> did you know it was Phil Hartman's last film at the time, or were you no. just hedging your bets? Right. I just really wanted to see Small Soldiers. I don't know why. <laughs> I saw Small I Soldiers. Was, I mean, like, I hope I never cool. see that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> and then you open Ugh. the newspaper, like, oh, oh god. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, it's uh, it's an Indian in the cupboard game. Yes. Uh, going back to my reference, every game comes with a magical cupboard that you put these characters into, and they come to life not only in front of you but also in the game for you to play with. Uh, Man, I, dope. I have literally had a four-inch Elsa living in my house for three years. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> she's so naive, man. She doesn't even realize that she's a prisoner. It's great. Um, <laughs> oh, this is getting <laughs> Anyway. Uh, Anyways, yeah, but, um... So, but my question, David, have they gotten Spyro completely out of Skylanders now? Is it just its own thing? Yes. So, like, okay. apparently, as I was, um, like, researching this game, looking for trivia and everything, um, apparently this was supposed to be a Spyro MMO, and, like, you wouldn't play as Spyro, he was just gonna be, like, a full-grown dragon giving you missions, and it was gonna be, like, a very dark fantasy, like, bloody type game and then they're like wait no i don't know how that would go like didn't kids play spyro let's do that instead so like yeah they they scaled it down and made it more kid friendly and all ages and like i said the the game was fun it just it it got real expensive real fast yeah that's uh that's why i've been so hesitant to commit to anything involving amiibos i just buy the ones that i think look cool <laughs> like Damn, yep. what happened? You know, whatever happens in the game happens, but I like those cool looking figures. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that's my problem with Amiibo to go on a tangent is all of the Amiibo that I have are like the obscure ones because I can buy a Mario toy at Walgreens, but like I'm never going to be able to buy a Wii Fit Trainer toy. That's the kind right. of shit that I want. 
yeah, no, they seem like they come around once, uh, once in a lifetime. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's taken until this past year for, like, a a statue, you know, small statue of Ridley from Metroid to pop up on a store shelf. So it's like, yeah, I have to buy that now. Uh, Yeah. I'll come back for the others later, but Ridley's coming home today. (laughs) uh, And they just didn't have that same, uh, that same thing with Skylanders. That's the thing. It's like, uh... Who are these characters? Oh, they're a bunch of fucking slapped together like B-tier Digimon monsters that are in a Spyro game. <laughs> cool, I'm not gonna buy those on just on site. Like <laughs> B-tier not Digimon monsters. <laughs> I'm just saying, look at the fucking designs. They're you know, they're just I don't know, it's just kid shit. That's that's all I ever lo- saw when I it's like, oh, cool, a new Spyro game. And it's like actually no, now the Skylanders are the stars. I'm like, oh well fuck that. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, I was I was going to argue with you and say, it's like, well, you know, they have some fun designs. They have some cool things. Like, there's a, there's like a forest ninja who's called, like, Stealth Elf. Like, it's it's fun kid-friendly type stuff and everything. But then you said B-tier Digimon monsters. Like, ah, uh, that's a perfect description. Like, no, yeah. I got, I have no retort to that. Right. So, anyway, David, um, I'm not going to burn your ass real hard on the Hans Zimmer thing because I have been looking at the uh, the pages for these games. And the clarification that I feel I need to provide, that first guy you mentioned, Lorne, whoever the fuck, he composed the score for the majority of these games. Hans Zimmer came in and p- composed the main theme for each game. So, I- I'm, I'm letting you off because I've enjoyed this discussion. And, you know, the score for the games is this Lorne fellow, and Hans Zimmer did contribute the theme song to, uh, to each of the games that you mentioned. That's, that's what my research has shown me, so. Uh, we might have to fact check during the next break, because I know Hans Zimmer did um, the main theme, and he, I know he also did a couple of the level themes in the first game, which is why I pulled okay. from that. But, uh, right. Yeah. Well, it didn't have the Inception boom, so I, say, I, still, it I didn't recognize it that, as Hans Zimmer. That, you know, that's the next problem. It's like, man, Hans Zimmer's versatile, baby. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. just imagining it's like, oh, we're going to make like a Toys to Life game. We're going to add Spyro. Who do we get to do the music? <laughs> Call Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, exactly. That do you have James Horner? No, he's dead. Uh, fine, then get me Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Uh. I would love some kind of Skylanders Inception game where they actually manage to incept you, like they somehow hit, make you go to sleep and give you ideas while you're asleep. Or, oh man! I just, I just want or like, enter your a spiral level that involves like twisting buildings. Yes, exactly. Isn't that like the Lawnmower Man? Yeah, I want you know, I want a, Sp- a Skylanders game with just no physics whatsoever. Everything just makes zero sense. <laughs> so, oh, I that'd be a, great. Or I, I just want, want a, Sky- like, a small like plastic figure of Ken Watanabe that I can play as in a video game. That too, yes. Can we just mm. finally get some fucking amiibos of the cast of Inception, please? I need my fucking Tom Hardy amiibo is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, anyway, Johnny, let's keep it going before we come up with too many great ideas. <laughs> game 2.
right, guys. The inspiration for the story of this game was the question of where inspiration comes from. While researching it, the game's director came across uh, Rupert Sheldrake's morphic resonance hypothesis, which became the main focus of the game's science fiction elements. Alright guys, who's got some answers? Alright, let's see. Oh wow, we have a hat trick. Everybody wrote nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. <laughs> see, this came to us as a fan request for the week from Keladon. Uh, I, I hate to do this to a fan. John, did you check the fucking list of games we've used in the past before taking this request? No, I always assume our fans check that list. Have we done this game before? Oh yeah, Johnny. Son of a bitch. Is it's it just, all right, man. Is it, uh, is it just on the radio? Is that what happened here? I don't know. All right. Whoops. Um, so, David... You played this, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, gotta be you. It was on Nintendo DS. Yeah. I'm. That stands for David System. I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. I know it's a thing. It's a. It's like a point-and-click <laughs> adventure game. If yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you're like. There are nine characters, and I think you're. You're like trapped on a ship or something, and you have to solve like why you're there and how to escape. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on a cruise liner, and you put a bunch of life or death situations that you have to try to figure out how to escape from. The game is nine. Uh, yes, and there's two um kind of two. modes. There's like the escape mode. Wait, shouldn't there be nine? You would think that, but no, there's only two. But I'm out. And um, 
you so there's escape sections where you have to complete a puzzle in like an escape room kind of situation and then there's the uh, graphic novel sections where you answer questions to direct you know the game storyline it sounds like this game was made as a graphic novel first and then turned into a game I think that's I think it's I mean, the, this is to be fair there were a lot of games on the DS that were kind of like we're going to make a video game, but really it's just kind of like a comic. Like, if you play a lot of the Phoenix Wright games, like, they're not super interactive. They're kind of visual novels. Yep. Yeah. Tap here to continue the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, uh, that sounds about right. I mean, obviously there's puzzles and whatnot. You got to tap the right things. But, uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, there's a lot, of that, a lot of that DS stuff is just kind of, you know, I- engaging stories, interesting ways to tell stories. But, uh, yeah, John. Yeah. Are they? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is it? John, you gotta, you really <laughs> gotta check that list. <laughs> uh, Man, I just, ah. Well, it's weird, too, because, like, the top of the list is numbers, so this should have been one of the first games that you saw. Uh, don't don't tell me that. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, great request, Kel. Uh, I guess we should tell everybody to check that list of games that we've already used. It's on the website. If you check GameThatTune.com, there's a link to the website to our th- immense Google Sheet of uh, games that we've already used on the show. So consult that before making requests. Um, wow, John. Man. So, Johnny, let us continue. Game 3. Game 9.
Uh, okay, guys. So, allies in this game include the young wizard Garstein, the princess Elixil, the knight Sirius, the android Magna, and the shapeshifter dragon goddess Nevis. feeling i feel like we might be playing the game over sound again but for other reasons i i'm unsure what you mean by that but i'm ready for action guys what uh what do you got for me uh let's see so john regan says kirby okay star uh, you're on the right track Je uh, jesse and david both have the correct answer this is alkahest What the hell is hmm. Alkahest? I feel like this is a, a Japanese-only game, and we typically don't do that. I don't recall that being a rule of this show. <sighs> I recall that being a rule of this show stated by you? Uh, you're gonna have to, you know, cite me some examples, because I, I got a, got a mind like a steel trap. Oh, and, uh, I distinctly remember me trying to use Mega Man Battle and Chase after it was released on a Mega Man X Anniversary Collection, and you giving me hearty shit. Uh, yeah, I don't recall that, man. I, I, yeah, I will say, I have been under the weather, so I, I have been taking a, a, a mixture of medications. Um, so, I, yeah, I might not... Hmm. It's hard to read the... The uh, warnings on these medications, I realize now, they are they are all in Chinese, so they may be commingling in my system in a strange way. Uh -oh. um, you didn't get those from China, did you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I got them from the uh, the same place I get all my medication. And, and where's well, that? that? Like Walgreens it's, or something? It's the only place that accepts my insurance. Uh, Wish.com. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Oh god, no. Do you, do you get your pills like with bondage collars? Like <laughs> as additional features? Do you guys not? <laughs> this site, man, they got everything you need. I you know. I got a lot of generic pills for under ten dollars. Uh you know, just they, Are, they come in a, a jar, it says pills. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I go with that. Are, and so, are, are any of them ever the right size? My understanding of which is nothing's the right size. Is there a wrong size, John, when you're talking <laughs> suppositories? 
<laughs> I don't think there are. Um, I mean, with enough determination, no. Exactly, man. Just a little bit of elbow grease. That's what I call uh, the grease that I keep uh, by my sink. <laughs> uh, you know. I mean, it all goes. Uh, it requires a lot of elbow grease because. Oh yeah. It yeah. Some of that, you know, some of that good usually uh, Astro grease. That good expensive <laughs> grease. Um, but no. So anyway, yeah. No, I, you know, I'm I'm confident that we have no rules against this on the show. Uh, and so, yeah, this is Alkahest, a game exclusively released for the Super Famicom in Japan. <laughs> um, a, uh, a fantastic game um, from developer HAL Laboratory. HALKAHEST? Uh, oh. ALKAHEST. A L C A H E S T. Uh, apparently, the word Alkahest means like uh, it's like a. It's something to do with alchemy. It's like a theoretical, uh, you know, cure to everything, like a panacea. Um, but yeah, um, this game, uh, it was released in Japan only, and I'm kind of pissed about it because it was on the Super Famicom, and it looks like a lot of fun. It's like a top-down action RPG, which is exactly the kind of shit I was looking for back in the day on the Super uh, Super Nintendo. Like, uh, you know, it's. It looks pretty cool. You're uh, running around and you, you're upgrading your weapons. You get allies. Uh, that, you know, you don't get to control the ally per se, but they basically become like your special attack. So, like, depending on what ally you got with you, they'll cast certain spells or like protect you in certain ways. And uh, you know, the game looks nice. You know, it's got these cool you know areas full of enemies. They've, there's like these cool like dash pads and like jump pads to move between things, and like you can do sick ass like charge attacks. And it just, you know, it looks like a really fun game. And I'm like, you know, why, you know, I'm trying to think of like why they wouldn't bother putting this on the actual SNES and bringing it over to America. My only thought is it came out in 93, developed by HAL, published by Square. I have Ooh. to think that maybe the ugly divorce was happening behind the scenes between Nintendo and Square because, you know, like Secret of Mana famously got chopped up. Uh, but still came out in America, and maybe Square was like, well, fuck you guys, we're not publishing Alkahest. <laughs> like, I'm not paying a translator if you're not going to give us that SNES disk drive, baby. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and I guess Nintendo didn't feel like doing the work either, so Alkahest remains Japan only. But uh, there is a fan translation out there, and frankly, you know, now that we got this SNES uh, thing on the Switch, they should fucking throw this one to us, man. Like, the, you know, they threw us one random Japanese game. Why don't throw Why not throw Alkahest in the mix too? Put a little Alkahest in that mix. Um, See, that's what I like about the upcoming uh, Turbo Graphics Mini is they just threw like like ten Japanese only games on there. They're like it's fucking sixteen bit games. You'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean that's pretty much it with Alkahest too. It's like you know. You got a guy, your name is Alan, you're trying to uh, return the powers of the four gods to your blade to take down the demon, Alkahest. Uh, you know, I could probably parse that out from fucking going around and exploring this game. Like, it's not, you know, it doesn't seem like kind of game you necessarily can get lost in because it seems like uh, it's got kind of, it's not a big open world, it's more like stages and you complete them and you move on. So it's like... Yeah, I could probably fucking figure that out without fucking, you know, a translation. So, yeah, just put it on everybody's Switch. You know, pull you two. It's there right now. You all have Alkahest. Uh, that's, a, that's a reference. That, that sticks. Just, just dot 
switch, and then it's there. Exactly. Alcahest.switch. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it's it's a really cool game. And so the composer on this game, uh, any guesses uh, based on that sound? Johnny, you were very close. Jun Ishikawa. Uh, that's correct. The composer was Jun Ishikawa. <laughs> Because, uh, yes, th you know, the reason I discovered this game, I have the soundtrack to every single SNES game downloaded on my, uh, on my computer, and I've got them loaded in my music player, and from time to time, I'll just hit shuffle, and, you know, listen to something as I'm cleaning the house or whatever, and one day I'm sitting there doing my thing, and a song from Alkahes came on, and I'm like, man, fuck yeah, classic Kirby Superstar. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I went and looked, I'm like, hey, wait, this is... What the fuck is Alkahest? <laughs> like, that's uh, not only a word I don't know, it's a game I don't know, so I, I have <laughs> questions. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I'm but, sold on this box art alone. Like, Dude, box art looks dope, man. Big Red Dragon, cool. fucking dope yeah. looking dude. It's all you need. But the thing I was gonna say about it is, as I was doing research for this episode, you know, John, because you kind of, I my thought went to kind of composers with a distinct style uh, as opposed to big yeah. name composers because Joni Shikawa not necessarily a big name I mean to us in the video game music uh, you know circles you say Joni Shikawa you're like oh yeah the one of the Kirby guys and uh, you know so it's a name that we know but isn't necessarily well known and as I was doing research for this at first I was like oh man I'll just like pick some of that like 90s Sega shit that now Fumi Hataya, like just everybody's, you know, like something super recognizable. And I discovered that as time goes on, and, you know, people could just kind of put more like CD quality audio on a game, the style kind of disappears. Cause, like, you know, these guys are asked to compose for a number of different games. And so they don't necessarily maintain a distinct style or sound once CD audio is involved. And so I had to start going further back, and then that's that's when I remembered Alcahest. And the thing of you know the thing that's cool about like old game music is they had to program this shit. It's not like Juni Shikawa got the assignment and he walks into Nintendo or HAL and they're like, all right, so here's uh, here's what we're working on. Here is the SNES you know equipment set. These are the sounds you can make. It's like. No, these guys were like trying to crack the code and program the sounds they wanted to make into the games. Like, <laughs> uh, if you listen to or read like interviews with like Tim Fallon, he talks about like you know he didn't really consider himself a composer. He considered himself a computer programmer because like he wanted to be able you know <laughs> like people would be composing whatever sounds. And he's like, yeah, I want to kind of make it. I want to figure out how to use this you know uh, whatever essentially this synthesizer, this instrument to make the sounds I want to make. And so, Juni Shikawa maybe doesn't necessarily have a distinct style, but I think on the Super NES, he uh, he fixated, he keyed in on a, a distinct sound that became kind yeah. of his sound and the Kirby sound. <laughs> and so it's you know, I just thought that was really interesting because like you know, you listen to these songs, and you know, they just they immediately evoke for me a much more played game, Kirby Superstar. So Johnny, I have I've got that one song. I believe it's labeled "Song to Further uh, No Song to Prove uh, John's Point." Uh, yep. It's the main main theme, one of the main themes from Kirby Superstar. It's the theme from the Great Cave Offensive. Go ahead and play that for us. And you just hear those same instruments. You know, Juni Shikawa had that, like, uh, go ahead and fade it down. He just had, like, those kick drums and, like, snares and bass. And he just had, like, he, he used those distinct instruments that were, you know, programmed by him uh, with the sound set. 
to make the sounds he wanted to make. And yeah, you know, so Alkahest sounds exactly like Kirby Superstar. You know, you can you can hear the similarities by listening to those two songs or the those two games back to back. I definitely like understand where you're coming from, and I totally agree based on a completely different point because mm. um Jun Ishikawa, in addition to composing a lot of the classic Kirby games, he is also the composer for the Box Boy series. And yes. if you ever listen to any of those soundtracks, they sound radically different because he's not using a Super Nintendo. Like, yeah. he has a very distinct sound on the Super Nintendo. And then when he's given, like, more advanced electronics to create music, he creates a completely different sound. Right. No, and, and that's what's, you know, what strikes me as interesting is like, you know, he, you know, he has to program sounds into the Super NES and he has to make the, you know, the wave shapes or whatever that makes these new, uh, you know, these different sounds. And so essentially like he, you know, kind of, I don't know, the only way he really varies it up, like, you know, listening to like Kirby Superstar versus Alcahest is Kirby Superstar uses more flute sounds. Like, that's literally the difference. Like, you know, Alcahest is more of an action RPG, so it's more driving drums and bass lines and whatnot. And then it's like, all right, yeah, uh, you know, Kirby's a little bit more light, so throw a fucking flute in that mix. And, uh, you know, boom, same thing, but we still got that percussive driving beat going. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I like it a lot, man. And I do need to listen to more of the Box Boy soundtracks because I, I like those. They're uh, they're fun soundtracks, and frankly, I should have played the games by now. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, Johnny, give us another taste of that song that proves my point. The uh, theme from Great Cave Offensive, the one that we all know and love. Yeah, that song we all know and love, the theme from the Great Cave Offensive. That, that none of you question, because this isn't actually at all the theme from the Great Cave Offensive. This is the theme from Alkahest. And now, John, play us the song that further proves my point, the theme from the Great Cave Offensive. <laughs> Telling you, the guy's got a style and a sound <laughs> that he likes to use. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, I, I honestly still don't know which is which. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of it. I, I thought everybody was going to listen to that first, you know, that first song to prove my point and just be like, oh, yeah, man, that's, that's Ishikawa, all right, and that's that good cave offense. I was going to be like, yeah, see, that, that proves my point perfectly because that's actually Alkahest. Because, like, <laughs> uh, again, when I was first hearing this, I was like, man, yeah, classic cave offensive. And then it's like, oh, this is a completely different game than ever came out in America. Well, it sounds really fucking good, and I like that soundtrack. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, maybe we, maybe we could do a theme at some point, uh, break from GTT tradition, and do uh, games that never came out in America or something. Because there's some good soundtracks that we've been uh, greatly ignoring on this show. But uh, anyway, awesome game, great soundtrack. You know, you know love Juni Shikawa. Uh, shout out to his you know usual co-composer here, Kazuando. Shout out to the whole compo- uh, composer team that works on Kirby. Shout out to How Laboratory. Uh, shout out to Squaresoft. Shout out to Alkahest. Uh, shout, shout out, out to, to the Super Famicom. <laughs> shout out to the Super Famicom. Shout out to the shapeshifting dragon goddess Nevis. Uh, you know, I got a lot of shout outs from this one, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I am going to play this game. So. Okay, fine. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Alright, so this game has a fairly unique combat system. Um, rather than being a, say, turn-based battle or manually activate a sword, this system is described as a, a bump attack system where you simply run into the other enemy. It has become one of the series' defining features and was originally done um, as like a way to make the game accessible. Alright guys, so who's got some answers for me? There we go. Uh, John says Twin B2, which is incorrect. Jesse and David both say Wise, which is correct. I don't wise. know if... Is it David I've, Wise? I've, is it, I've heard it's pronounced East. I was going to say, I thought it was pronounced East. I've never had to say this game name out loud before. Like, so <sighs> I really don't know. Yeah, no, and you know this is beautiful, John. 
as I was telling our users in Discord earlier when they requested, like, I saw that. East 8, I'm like, yeah, listen, man, Falcom's a huge blind spot for this group, so highly unlikely we're ever going to talk about East on the show. <laughs> and you go and pick an East. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or a wise, as it were. Um... You know, do we have the ability to put up a poll? <laughs> is it Y's or is it E's? <laughs> I don't even have this game. Y's or Y's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. A Y apostrophe S? <laughs> so, but go yes, for it, this is This is E's, the Fanished Omen. I chose the um, Sega Master System version. It was originally released for the PC-88. Uh, or 8801 or whatever it's called. And then ported to basically everything that existed in Japan at the time. Uh, and I believe the only US releases were the Master System and DOS versions. Oh, and also an Apple II version. Um, soundtrack composed by uh, Yuzo Koshiro, also known as the composer of Street Fighter and other... Or, not Street Fighter. <laughs> um, Streets of Rage. Streets of how, Rage. How dare you Have take you away the accomplishments podcasts? of Yoko Shimomura? <laughs> Just go ahead and game over me now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. Bad. Just, you know, say everything you just said again, but say it like you fucking care about it, John. You're like, yeah, and Yuzuko Shiro, also known as the composer of Street. Like, no, no, no. Fucking sell it, John. Give it some oomph. Also known this as is the composer of oh, some, like, street game. Yeah. Act Gazer. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yuzo Koshiro, composer of Streets of Rage, one of the best soundtracks ever made for the Sega Genesis, and I think this is probably one of the best soundtracks on the Master System. Uh, not that there's too many, but no, you know what? This is a great soundtrack. Best, <laughs> one of the best soundtracks, not just on the Master System, any console. This soundtrack is amazing. It's got a lot of great, rich melodies to really like. Like they're not too simple. There, there's a little bit of complexity mixed in there. Uh, I believe the Japanese version, I almost pulled it, the Japanese version had like an FM chip on the cart or something like that and has like a, a pretty Ooh. different sound going on, yeah. So I'll have to go look that up and, and give that a listen. I like and it, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I would never have guessed that this was a Master System soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because none of us played the Master, Master System. That's amongst <laughs> the reasons, but also just, you know, like I was saying about, you know, fucking... Like Junie Shikawa, like you know, you got to program the sounds, and you know, I wouldn't think that anybody could make the master chi uh, master system chip sing like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would, you know, they, uh, you know, I, I should know that Yuzo Koshiro is capable of anything when it comes to uh, programming a great song. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, that was not you know yelling master system to me. So I, I you know, great pick, man. Um, yeah. And now tell us all your favorite things about the game, East. Uh, whatever the bump. subtitle is, the vanishing bump omens. Combat. Well, uh, bump those combat omens? is pretty sweet. I, they vanished, and that's oh the my issue. God. It, so that's, you're going I'm, around, you're collecting omens. I'm not sure because you know what I feel about this game is it's a precursor to RPGs that emphasize storytelling. It's an RPG without a lot of storytelling, <laughs> which is what I want out of an RPG. I I want very little story. I want bump combat. I want to just run around, not really care what I'm doing. It sings, it, it harkens back to your issue, John, about games that never come out in the U.S. Like, they don't need to do a whole lot of translation on these things. There's not that much. You don't need a lot of detail. You don't need a lot of story. You'll you'll figure it out. You know? Right. And that's that's why I like it. You just kind of go in and you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going. All right. Like, 
What's going on? I, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Not important. Just uh, you know, keep whacking them. Get that experience. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, you know kind of RPG I like. Not really, but it seems like kind of RPG I would have liked at one point in life. <laughs> so I am um, very intrigued by bump combat. Ooh. Yeah, uh, maybe we can talk about it later, David. Hey, it's, just imagine, so. imagine joust, but you know you're on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, are, are you describing sex right now? <laughs> like, <No. laughs> I, I frequently have giant flying ostrich monsters when I have sex. <laughs> I, I thought he meant just you know the not joust the game. I was thinking just joust, like yeah. Just imagine like bumping two poles together, but on the ground. <laughs> like oh right, word, I, you know I live on the ground, man. I can imagine this. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> it's not that crazy of a thing to imagine. <laughs> I think we just found a great T-shirt idea. I live on the ground, fucker. <laughs> I can relate to this. I can relate to all games that feature a ground. <laughs> I thought your like t-shirt idea was just like the knights in joust, but their lances are giant penises. Yes, and it says That's I true. live on the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, it makes sense <laughs> to someone. Ah, uh, awesome. So yeah. So anyway, Johnny, how many of the games in this long-running series have you played? You, you know, obviously. You're, you're now Mr. Falcom around here. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcom. Mm -hmm. um, I love all the Falcom games. Yes. Tell me one more. Nope. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Am I on trial here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I respect, uh, I respect the move, man. I love a move. <laughs> the only way to play that game is not to win. Or the you know, only way to win that game is not to play. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, just ah, the cool. sheer suddenness, like, describe another one. No. Yeah. But, yeah. Not going to do I, it. I, no. Anyway, seriously, I, I like wasn't it. lying. I wasn't lying to our guys in Discord when I said the Falcom is a huge blind spot for us. So, I am very surprised that mere moments later, this is on the show. So, uh, Johnny. Oh, God. Uh, you're, that's yeah, the funniest thing I've ever I came in. I came into this for uh, Kuzo Yushiro. I didn't come in for any other reason. What the fuck, man? You, you know what I okay, meant. Yuzo you Koshiro. Earn, if you Blah. didn't earn a game over sound before, you shirt. damn sure earned one now. Yuzo Koshiro. Oh, I know the name. I just sometimes my brain mixes up the letters before yeah, I no, say that's things. Why we're doing, that's why I'm giving you a chance <laughs> to do another take. Jesus, we got we got to remember, guys. This is not just a live show. It gets turned into a podcast. You can fucking fix. You know, strange things you say. Uh, that said, I'm not editing that out. <laughs> so, uh, so See, uh, anyway. I came into this for Yuzo Koshiro. Okay. Not for ease. I really don't know the series, to be honest. I looked up Yuzo Koshiro. I looked up good soundtracks. I found this. I thought it was a great soundtrack Bingo. from an underappreciated system. Or maybe a perfectly appreciated system. Maybe it's not a Properly very good system. I think <laughs> it's a great system. 
So, and uh, yeah. I'm interested to hear the ports, uh, like the other soundtracks and how they came out. I'm, I'm very interested in doing that because this is a game where um, Yuzo Koshiro is listed as the composer on every single port, I believe, except the uh, Famicom version. I think that one is pretty different musically. Okay. So, so just like different versions based on chipsets? Uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Maybe I can come with a YouTube channel, like comparing, you know soundtracks that get ported to multiple consoles or something. Maybe I could set up like a like a radio station on YouTube to stream these songs along with a couple mm. others. Uh, yeah. <laughs> put a put a little Yuzo uh, some Kuzo in that mix. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just spitballing here. <laughs> I, I love Kuzo Yashiro. <laughs> on the subject that of That shall like... be your nickname henceforth on the show. John Regan is officially the Kuzo Yoshiro of Game Net 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, just speaking about the music and East as a series and how much we don't know about it, I don't know hardly anything. However, the boss song, Mighty Obstacle, from East 6 is possibly one of the greatest video game songs I have ever heard. Like, that song is fucking incredible. Cool. I love a ringing endorsement for something I have no idea what it is. So that is the kind of recommendation that I and our listeners need to go seek out excellent video game music. So thank you for that, David. Johnny, anything else on, uh, on this fantastic game from this fantastic composer? Yes. Go on. Game five. That's what I thought. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry.
Uh, this game, uh, in Japan, it is one of the few titles that was designed for use with the uh, Famicom 3D system. So, like, you could, like, flip a switch and the game would be in 3D. You guys feeling frustrated? Good. David looks ready. All right, let's see what you guys got. Johnny says Mortal Kombat on the NES. Incorrect. Uh, John says Marvel Madness. Incorrect. And David with the correct answer, Rad Racer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is Rad Racer. Um. Composed by, by Nobu Uematsu. Yep. I should have known. On our big composer show, you would pick Uematsu. Uh, you know, because Marvel Madness was David Wise. That was why I picked that. And also, it seems like a game that would make sense to be in 3D. Uh, but, yeah. I Damn it. I knew that Uematsu got his start in something weird. <laughs> so. Nobu Uematsu. Why do I know that name? Final Fantasy and uh, stuff like that. He's a famous composer. Oh, the guy who composed um, Smash Brothers Brawl theme song. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, the very too. same. That's uh, that's the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely has a style that he has gone on to uh, have define his career, and it got it started. Rad Racer. He's definitely. <laughs> when you think yeah. Oematsu, you think Rad Racer. <laughs> It was it was Square's answers to uh, Sega's Outrun, and um, was it the answer Outrun? <laughs> well, that... you could play it in 3D in Japan, um, so Outrun couldn't do that. Also, yeah, John, in your face. Uh, also, you could use the power glove to steer, as seen in the 1990 classic The Wizard. <laughs> oh man. That's that's the game that uh, fucking Lucas plays, and he's like, I love the power glove. It's, it's so bad. Man, you know, see, if he had, if they had known what game he was playing, he should have said it's so rad. Like, they could have sold a million maybe, copies of this right maybe there. That was the, maybe that was the script, and he just mispronounced it, and nobody caught yeah. it. And... Yeah. I mean, Lucas was an idiot, so. That's true. Yeah, he was not I cool. I mean, to be fair, that's he, the one error in The Wizard. 
Yes, exactly. A famously, uh, you know, famously airtight movie when it comes to goofs and uh, just you know factual, <laughs> factual mistake like uh, mistakes regarding uh, you know games, their scoring systems. Uh, I love that fucking movie. People's abilities to pick up a game for the first time and know where a warp whistle is. You know, the wizard famously airtight with uh, regard to that stuff. Um, but no, yeah, you know, I, 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 I was gonna say like oh, I vaguely recall playing Rad Racer, and then I'm like, no, I don't. I recall playing games like this. I recall, you know, I think the main game that I played in this, you know, racing vein when I was a kid was Top Gear, and that was on the SNES. Definitely didn't have an NES version. Um, so you know, no, I, I don't think that I did play Rad Racer, which uh, you know, dare I say I don't care that I missed out on this. I mean, I, I don't know, like. Yeah, like it's a typical NES racing game, you know. Right, it, it's got a good title, Rad Racer. Yeah, it's got yeah good music. Got great music. Yeah, what all little these, there is. All these 2D racing games, like with the fake 3D effect, like they're all fundamentally the same, right? Like you're just, you know, moving the car left and right while the track kind of moves around you. And I've never been the biggest fan of those style racing games, really. Right. Like I, I didn't really start liking like racing games until like mode seven came around, you know, um, yep. and you got a little bit more like you could actually see curves and things up ahead as opposed to just like oh shit it's turning now, you know. Yeah, no, some of the some of the old games do suffer from that. Top Gear definitely does because it's like okay, yeah, the uh, <laughs> like the field of view is very limited, and it's like oh, the track's just kind of turning, and that's always where the car for you to bump into is somehow <laughs> like uh, you know these games were uh, they they were fuckover games. They had to have been based on like some arcade style shit. You know, if they were trying to you know uh, borrow from Outrun. Then you know, Rad Racer probably took the arcade style message and was like, "Yeah, just have people bump into shit." And uh, I don't know, it's okay. Nobody's gonna play this. Uh, but you know, we really just made this so that we could secure this uh, this Nobuo fella because I think he's got big things coming in the future. I, I think this kid, this kid is on to something. And it's time for us to make one last fantasy game, a final fantasy, as it were. <laughs> like we're gonna want him around for this, like. Let's make one of them Dragon Quest games. That seems to do pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> all the Americans love those. <laughs> Let's crank some of those I, out. I think, honestly, it was his mustache. Like, once they saw that mustache, they're like, you know what? We need to get this guy composing more stuff. Yeah, listen here, fella. I like the cut of your jib. And uh, you're going to stick around for us. <laughs> so, I mean, I do love that Square back in those days, like, the whole story that you know, Final Fantasy was initially going to be like their last game because they were about to shutter like the whole thing. So, yeah, you know, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe if we all had supported Rad Racer a little bit more, maybe we never would have gotten Final Fantasy. Anybody ever think about that? Like, well, fuck that. If if things had been, if Square had been making better games prior to Final Fantasy, would we have ever gotten Final Fantasy? I don't Ooh. know. Would we have gotten Kingdom Hearts, but Disney crossing over with race cars? Exactly. Uh, okay, that might be good too, though. Yeah, I, I think maybe Disney can just make their own thing involving race cars. No, 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 nobody would ever go see that. Um, <laughs> now they, they'd probably it'd probably be best if they pawned it off on one of their secondary studios like Pixar. Yeah, bitches that Pixar are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I thought that Sugar Rush kart game was pretty cool. See, they really oh, should have yeah. made a game out of that. If we're talking Disney-based racing games, I mean, you know, what, I mean, really, if we're just going to get off on the tangent of Disney games, period, there should be some Disney games. Does Disney not own the rights to everything we're enjoying right now and just not make games of them? What the fuck's going on with them? <laughs> like, Actually, well... To wrap us back around to Square, Square is making an Avengers game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so history is just... Oh, man, everything's folding in on itself. This is very strange. Oh, my God, <laughs> the snake is eating its own tail. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, to go back to our first game, um, Disney was making money with Disney Infinity and then saw how much money it could make just by licensing their properties to other development studios. like... Well, screw it. We don't want to make games. You make games based off of our stuff. So that's kind of where they're at now. Right. I mean, good move, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I just wish yeah. they would put more licenses out there. I, I, you know, I like Disney's things. I, you know, up until this year, I thought I liked Kingdom Hearts. I wanted more of that. Uh, you know, they should uh, they should put Disney stuff into more stuff. I want more games. That's uh, that's all. A I'm sugar saying. rush kart racer does seem like a no brainer. Yes, exactly. Or just any Ralph based. Any you know, I don't know. There's too many good Disney like computer animated movies in the last like ten years that don't have any related game. Like you know, if it, if Zootopia had come out in 2002, there would have been a perfectly fine GameCube game to go along with it, and I want that goddamn game. <laughs> like, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, where the fuck is it? <laughs> there would have been a Frozen game that would have totally missed the mark. <laughs> there would have been yeah, all oh, kinds God, of things. Well, there, are, there are tons of Frozen games on, like, the Android store, but also having babies and doing dentistry work to Hannah, so, I mean... Okay, then. Not really what I'm after. Can you imagine, like, the Banjo-Kazooie style collect-a-thon platformer based off of Tangled? I would yeah. play the fuck out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. I didn't even like I, Tangled, and I would play that game. <laughs> I want to play this dentist game. What is that? What? What? John, of all the things to key in on, you always choose the worst thing possible. You know, fucking... You know what the internet is. Weird shit exists. <laughs> well, that's why he's the Kuzo Yoshira of Game That Tune. <laughs> exactly. Really leaning into that role, goddammit. <laughs> so, uh, you know, shout out to my favorite Frozen iOS game, Frozen Freefall. It's a match three puzzler. Those are evergreen. <laughs> you can keep making those for everything. Uh, and I've never actually spent any money to play it. Boom, in your face, company. Um, Suck. Yeah, I don't need your fucking dollars, snowflakes, you bitch. Um, We're gonna make this game free to play. You're goddamn right, you are. <laughs> exactly, and I'm gonna free it all over this place. I'm, oh, I'm gonna fucking do it <laughs> so free. It's gonna take me years to complete this match three oh. puzzler. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. I'm uh, all that is it's to not say, like, a, like an onion parody article of like. Some guy has completed his free-to-play game 23 years later. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it's truer than life itself. That's that you know. Finally beat that cookie jam. Right. <laughs> Frozen came out how long ago, and that game is still installed on our iPad. Like it, uh, it's still there. It you know, it, it comes up every now and then. But uh, anyway, yeah, Rad Racer is cool. Thankfully, Square did write the ship and you know made uh, made games that people wanted to play. 
And uh, that guy Uematsu, we wish him the best. I, you know, I'm glad that he's uh, he's the guy that he is. Um, we'll look up what he did for David. David, uh, you know, he needs a refresher. Uh, so Johnny, uh, what are we uh, what are we moving on to? That's five games. Are we moving on to the calculating computer, or did you find a way to uh, rectify the situation from earlier? Don't say we never did nothing for you. So, in almost every way, this game plays uh, identical to its precursor. However, one notable change, the explosions are no longer circular. They are now the traditional cross shape from uh, earlier games in the series.
Okay, guys, let's see some answers. Okay, so David says Stunt Racer 64, which is incorrect. Uh, Jesse says Ogre Battle 64, which is also incorrect. And Johnny has the correct game with the number 64 in it. This is Bomberman 64, colon, the second attack. Hell yeah, John. Yeah. You, you took my explosion trivia and applied it correctly. Well done, sir. This is Bomberman 64, the second attack. You know, th that Bomberman game for the Nintendo 64 that all of us definitely played, right? Like, this is the one we all played. Oh, yeah. I never played the first one. I exclusively played Bomberman 64, the second <laughs> attack. Yeah, we're a, <laughs> we're a second attack group around here. Come on. Um... Yeah, no, honestly, I forgot this ever existed. Um, why would they make two Bomberman 64s? And then there was another Nintendo 64 Bomberman game, right? Bomberman Hero. There was. So it wasn't there. Okay, yeah, I knew it. I, I have played two Bombermans on Nintendo 64. Okay, further clarification. Why did they make three Bombermans for the Nintendo 64? <laughs> and, yeah, why is the third one called the second? Like, God I remember damn being it. really confused. <laughs> I'm well, really, really confused uh, by this. I love the fact that you have played two Bomberman games on the N64 and neither one of them is the second attack. No, certainly not. <laughs> uh, I like heroes. I don't like to attack twice. I mean, seriously, why would I play this? No, uh, I honestly, I, I totally forgot that... Uh, so I, I forgot that both these games existed. I forgot that Bomberman Hero existed and Bomberman 64, the second attack. That's... Uh, that's crazy. I mean, seriously, you know, I, I, I fancy myself a guy that likes his Bomberman. I play it, you know, uh, I've played it throughout my life, mostly in rental form. <laughs> like, not a not a owning Bomberman kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, I could uh, uh, I could certainly understand this kind of like passing by because a second Bomberman game does seem kind of silly because every single console ever made has had a Bomberman game. Why would they make more than one? I mean, it's a fair question. Like, you know, because back in the day, they were, like, numbering them with a year. Like, they were going to make them a yearly thing, which seemed really fucking silly. Like, what, what are you really going to change on Bomberman from, like, 93 to 94? So, hey, you know. wait. Hey, hey. It works for Madden, John. Why can't it work for Bomberman? <laughs> uh, I mean, because... That's true. We do need to update the <laughs> rosters and the stats on the bombers <laughs> every year. <laughs> we, yeah. I was going to say, now, now what's missing what? Is Madden missing more Bomberman, or is Bomberman missing more John Madden? Yes. yes. Bomberman, it's missing you know, the incoming class of rookies every year. I'm, John Madden does say boom a lot. It's I was true. just imagining like a regular multiplayer match of Bomberman, but you have John Madden commentating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether or not you're laying down your bombs is a good barometer of whether or not you can win a game of Bomberman. <laughs> like, thank you, John Men. Boom. Uh, yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would also take a game of football, but you're playing as Bomberman. That, because uh, he already vaguely resembles a football player. I mean, like, they don't really have a face. Uh, He's a good kicker. So Yes, exactly. Oh, God. See, oh, man. Bomberman Rugby would be pretty goddamn dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> would play. <laughs> Got to offload in time or the whole scrum explodes. I mean, like, oh, it'd be, be pretty great. And they, oh, they could have, oh, they, the, the references. They could either include real rugby players like, like rugby legend Jonah Lamu 
or they could. I was just about to say you can play as White Bomber, Black Bomber, <laughs> or Jonah Lamu Bomber. Yeah, you can play as All Blacks legend Jonah Lamu. Uh, you know, but they couldn't get his rights for the game, so they would have had to change his name to Jonah Bombu, <laughs> and you know, you'd know it was him. <laughs> I can't he's wait a beast, to see dude. the episode art for this. Dude, truck those motherfuckers so hard. <laughs> uh, Jonah Bamboo. Jo- Jonah um, Bamboo sounds like I served as an executive producer on this game or something. Like, that is a very <laughs> John Regan move. <laughs> yes, John. <laughs> Did you not? Now, you know, so this, the reason that we obviously are choosing this is because as a famous composer, Johnny, you composed this, did you not? I did, yes. Kuzo Yushiro, which is me, <laughs> composed this game. Uh, wrong again, Kuzo. <laughs> uh, without, <laughs> without looking up uh, in our Discord for this request or uh, you know the Wikipedia page, does anybody know offhand one of the two composers that worked on this game? Nope. No. I'm, I'm reading the list and I still don't know any of them. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, so actually, yeah, there's uh, there's on Wikipedia there's several credited composers. I'm not giving credit to all six of those people. I'm giving credit to the number one guy on that list. That's Yasunori Mitsuda. That's right. Our boy Yasunori Mits was composing Bomberman '64 Part Two (parentheses three) for some reason. Why did they get that man to compose this game? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, for those not in the know on the name Yatsunori Mitsuda, uh, you know, Jesse, David, you guys want to fill us in on uh, some Yatsunori Mitsuda games? <laughs> Didn't he work hey, on hey. Chrono Trigger? Yes, that's correct. The guy who did Chrono Trigger did Bomberman <laughs> 64 Part 2 for some reason. <laughs> like, John, why did you skip over me filling us in? <laughs> Because, you know, Kuzo, I just didn't feel like going back to you so soon. It's, uh, you know, I, I assume that David and Jesse are the more, uh, you know, the people that would have maybe played an RPG or a game in the last 20 years. So I asked them. Also, um, uh, I do, I do right. know yeah. why you called on me specifically, because he did compose three tracks, the opening chapter one and the boss battle from Kid Icarus Uprising. A.K.A. Correct, my David. choice of the greatest game soundtrack ever. Yes, exactly. And he's also composed for Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, he did some music for Final Fantasy XV. Uh, the man is prolific. Uh, mostly in the RPG kind of uh, realm. Occasionally action type thing. Not so much in the kick and bombs puzzle combat genre. So it's an interesting choice for him <laughs> to... Uh, to get on that soundtrack and I mean you know good on him it, it, it just makes me picture like you know because he had to be hot shit at this point because excuse me he uh, you know Yasunori Mitsuda is coming off fucking composing like Chrono Trigger with Oematsu he's been you know working on the front mission games Xenogears he did music for Mario Party Chrono Cross at, why did he pick up the phone for Bomberman 64 the second act <laughs> like why did anyone call him? I, I have to imagine Hudson Soft was Money. just like, "Hey, man, I got, you know, we got a lot of you know game here with no music. We better get somebody to compose it." 
Yeah. And we've got so much money from our earlier games. Uh, we've built yeah. a whole advertising campaign around you being the composer of this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we really were counting on the Mitsuda endorsement for Bomberman 64. Uh, I guess really, though, at, more accurately, they were probably just trying to court the guy to be, you know, like Hudson Soft developed this. Uh, they also developed Mario Party. So they probably just were like, hey, man, you, know, you want to... Take a little crack at this bomb-kicking game we got over here. It's uh, pretty fun. He's like, oh, yeah, man, I could, please, I can compose Bomberman in my sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, I love the idea that it was the opposite, that, like, he was just burned out doing a bunch of, like, epic RPGs. It's like, you know what I'd really like to work on? Like, he went out to lunch and ran into, like, one of the executives from Hudson Soft. It's like, oh, what are you up to? It's like, oh, you know, they want me to work on this, like, sprawling, time-traveling RPG. It's like, but what I really want to do is score a game about, like, kicking bombs. Like, buddy, yeah. we should talk. What I really want to do is just 90 seconds of driving rhythm with a little, like, tinkly piano on it. Something that you're not going to, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really don't want to be making this epic music right now. I just want to, uh, you know, I want a simple game. Uh, you know, very straightforward, simple theme for a game. I have a game where you do literally one thing over and over again. I love it. And the boards <laughs> that I would be composing for? Oh, they're the same board, but with different colors. Oh, I can work with that. I can do that so well. <laughs> I really just want to compose, like, some fun, catchy melodies. Oh, really? How many? Three. Yeah, three or four, give or take a different instrument. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll change the tempo around. Uh, maybe throw, uh, you know, let's see. Do we have an island level, a desert level, a factory level? Cool, 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 cool. Throw, uh, throw just a little extra, you know, let's get a little steel drum in that island. Uh, <laughs> let's get a, we've got a desert level, let's, let's, you know, give it a vaguely Arabian sound. I like that. And, uh, factory level, yeah, just throw a little beep boop in that mix. And, uh, boom. Bomberman 64, sold. Uh, second attack, done. But, yeah, the game's cool, and I want to thank our requester on this one. This one came to us via Discord. This is from Silvernova. Thank you very much for requesting a game that we haven't used before on the show. Um, <laughs> we appreciate it when you guys do that. Yeah, no, uh, no shade towards, uh, towards Kel for their request earlier. Uh, you know, honest mistake. So, Johnny, send it over to the calculated computer, man. Kick that bomb. Calculating computer activated. Computers, beeps. Oh, sorry, I was uh, checking up on the chat. What was that? Beeps. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. Fuck yeah! Um, a win that makes zero sense given the scores but 100% sense given the episode number. Nah, we didn't book this one in advance, fellas. This is just, uh, this, this is how the night went. I, you know, I was never meant to win episode 187, no matter what the score was, I tell you what. Uh, you know, thank you, John, for pressing the correct button and giving me the win. You know, you're a, a gentleman and a delightful soundboard operator. You know, you did it. You properly gave me the win. And I thank you for that. 
Episode 187. This game's winner is... <laughs> I'm changing it now. No, <laughs> so so I look like I, you're so appreciative to Johnny only when he gives you what you want. <laughs> only when he does the things correctly. <laughs> Boy, howdy do I get angry when he does things wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, just, oh, I have... Uh, you know, we need to talk uh, about that ulcer I'm developing. Um, so I'm anyway, I, on you know, the outside. I got a great theme in mind for next week's episode, inspired by my own hazy act, uh, actions for tonight's episode. I think it's only right that we do a theme of games that were strictly released in America. No, wait, shit. Um, no. Oh. We're going to do the other thing, the thing that we've never done before, a game that tune first. We're opening up our borders, and we're allowing games that were never released in America to be used on the show for this single episode, and then don't ever ask me for anything ever again. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, Alkahest has inspired me. We must explore other continents. I need to know what games are out there. I need some Pakistan-exclusive games. I need games from Africa. I need <laughs> games released strictly in Antarctica. Um, Canada. Can oh, man, Canadian games. You know, I, I know that there are some big-time Canada-only games. I assume there's a lot of hockey games up there that we're just not hearing about. Um, you know, or like just Tim Horton iPhone based games. Um, all those are fair play. Uh, and also, uh, Europe and Japan. Those are also fair play on next week's episode of Game That Tune. But, you know, keep it out of America. Nothing American on next week's episode. So thank you so much for listening this week. What a blast we've had. Uh, thank you to everybody watching along live with us. We're live every Wednesday night. We're on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Search for Game That Tune. Uh, we're live, or we're in podcast form the following week. Search for us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, enjoy. We appreciate you guys listening and watching along with us. No matter how you consume us, we love you guys. Uh, thank you to everybody that checked out Patreon.com/slash/GameThatTune. It's the home for awesome exclusives. It's uh, the home for GTT gems. It's the home for occasional mixtapes. It's the home for Jesse's covered up series. And we got other fun stuff in the works. And you help us keep the lights on over there at YouTube with our 24-7 video game music live stream. So we greatly appreciate you guys uh, checking out Patreon and supporting the show and supporting us in the things that we do. Special thanks to our super fan tier producers. Here we go. Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perky, XX Chrono XX. Dominic Guy, Kelly Um, all fantastic fellas, all fantastic super fans, and we appreciate that support. The list keeps on growing, so get on that list with them. You want to hear me say your name? You know, give us money. That's how this exchange works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you for uh, for the request this week. Thank you, Kellyam, who initially had request priority because of his status as a patron that was quickly undone when he requested the wrong game. Uh, thank you to Silver Nova for a fantastic request. They both put their requests in our Discord server. Uh, find the link on our website and join us there. Uh, or send us your request, gamethattune at gmail.com. Or uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're there at GameThatTune. Or you can find us individually on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at JGangsta187. You can find John Regan on Twitter at JPRegan, JR. 
You can find Jesse Moore on Twitter at Sega underscore legend. And you can find David Fleming on Twitter at DFD Fleming. Hell yeah, fellas. So it's my show, my bonus tunes. And uh, I'm going out with that song that proves my point from earlier. This is the theme from Alkahest. Get those requests in for non-USA games, and we'll see you all next week. Peace out, everybody. Skylanders Spyro's Adventure is copyright 2011 Activision. Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors is copyright 2009 Spike Chunsoft. Alkahest is copyright 1993 HAL Laboratory and Squaresoft. East is copyright 1988 Nihon Falcom. Rad Racer is copyright 1988 Squaresoft and Nintendo. Bomberman 64 The Second Attack is copyright 2000 Hudson Soft. Cat just jumped on my whole setup here. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do a refresh and uh, murder my cat during the first game. How, wait, how many Skylanders games are there, and how many are like how, like? How would you rate the Skylanders series, the Doki Doki series? Hey, hey, hey! Let's not throw in references to things we were talking about pre-show, okay, John? <laughs> you know, goddamn it! Let's try and be coherent.